I'm Jake Thompson, and this is the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm the Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Every Day and your host each and every week here on the show. And man, did we do it or what? We are almost, almost to episode 30. Clocked in at number 29 right here, and I'm excited to welcome in Sammy Mansfield. Sammy's out of Kansas City. She runs an incredible, incredible program at CrossFit Memorial Hill that she calls BUILD. And what BUILD is, it's a functional fitness program for cancer survivors designed to reduce both physical and emotional side effects from cancer diagnosis and treatments. It's really awesome what she has done with taking aspects of CrossFit and fitness model and helping individuals that are in the midst of the fight of their life or just coming out of the fight of their life and building their strength back up, building their health back up. And and I think midway, not even midway, as soon as you hear Sammy starts to talk about what her passion is, why she started this, what she wants to do with this, I think you're just going to be in love with this woman and this program and find ways to get behind it. And so I want to let Sammy do the talking because she is incredible at telling this story so much better than I am. So let me welcome to the show, Sammy Mansfield. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I am joined today with Sammy Mansfield. Sammy, how are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you. How are you? Great. So uh, we got connected through the Compete Everyday community and just some of the awesome, awesome work you're doing right now. And before we dive into that, why don't you give everyone just a little bit of a background on who you are, kind of where you're from, and, and just a quick overview of what you're doing. Awesome. Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, I was really excited to kind of connect with the Compete Everyday community. Uh, I'm a cancer exercise specialist. I've been doing that in Kansas City for about 14 years. And in the world of cancer, I feel like it's a daily compete um, for our survivors. So I've been working with the CrossFit community and I actually work in healthcare in my day job um, as part of a clinical team. And then I spend my evenings running some CrossFit classes for cancer survivors. Awesome. Awesome. And how, so let's, let's first dive in. How did you, one, how'd you get involved into CrossFit in general? How did you kind of get hooked on the the Kool-Aid, I should say? (laughs) Uh, I uh, came uh, into triathlons and found a kind of off CrossFit kind of style class for triathletes. And I fell in love with it. I, I love racing. I love the energy and the community of racing. But for triathletes, you only get to race every so often. Uh, and I miss that. And so when I fell into the CrossFit piece, um, just through this other program and then in a traditional CrossFit gym, I realized that the three, two, one, go every day was that same feeling that I loved and also found it was a lot more efficient. And um, I'm not a great distance triathlete. I'm a much better CrossFitter. Uh, so I kind of moved into that as my uh, full-time uh, preferred exercise now. And we bike a little run on the side, but not as much. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's funny how most 
athletes from other sports start getting hooked into that sport with the the three two one go and the competitive side. And did you coming from a sport such as triathlons that that's a very that's a very mental sport uh, because of the distance involved, but it's also one you're competing against others, but you're really it's a it's a self competition. You know, you're running against your best times, your clocks. You want to pay. You want to place in certain events, but you're really going against your abilities. Did you find that that helped you when you transferred over to CrossFit to not get caught up in what everyone else is doing within the gyms and racing against the clock, or what, did you have a little bit of that transition period? I think, in all honesty, I I think I had a little bit of that transition period and. You know, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. Some days, you know, I, I look across the gym and I think, ah, you know, what's going on here? Why, why am I not, you know, faster or, you know, I have that little competitive edge, but I came from a long history of exercise. I was a soccer player, uh, from the time I was in grade school, um, and played on a boys team because I'm from North Dakota originally, and we didn't have girls soccer at my level. And so I was kind of that only person, um, but I was never really the best. And so I learned early on that, that tenacity and that continual effort, that daily effort and practice was much more, um, important to me and something I learned as a very young athlete. I was never the gifted kid. I was never the fastest, the strongest. I was sort of the all around worker bee. And that's worked very well for me in the CrossFit gym because I'm not a cherry picker. I know some workouts are going to be awful, but I show up, I do my best and I put my head down and go to work and I'm, and I'm always proud of the results for that. But sometimes I am a little jealous of the 20 uh, somethings. I'll admit that. <laughs> <laughs> the recovery yeah. of them alone is what I think makes uh, most of us incredibly jealous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But, you know, it's inspiring too. Um, we have a teenager in the CrossFit gym now. Um, he's now 15, almost 16 and started as a 13 year old. It's fun to see, um, him compete. And again, he's like, I'm never sore. Like, nah, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, I was, uh, I laughed about just the older, you know, I got out of, I've been out of CrossFit about eight, nine months now, just took a break. I did it for six years and still doing a lot of similar workouts, um, not doing as much of kind of the Olympic snatch and a few of the other gymnastic movements and just kind of getting back to where I'm enjoying it uh, because I had the, I just got stuck in the mindset of the competitive side was there, but the body was not. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, so I was like, it. I need to, I need to shake it up a little bit, but yeah, it's funny talking to the, the younger guys that, I mean, in any gym aspect that they'll go out and say drink all night the night before and be in the next day and just smoke a workout. And you're like, how, like a glass <laughs> or two of wine. And I'm like struggling. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, I, you do get a little envious and that's just the reality of that competitive spirit. But at the end of the day, it's definitely, I'm proud of what we can do and accomplish every day. But sometimes I think, man, I wish I would have started this in my twenties, but I didn't, you know, <laughs> luckily I started it at all. So it's been a great addition. Um, and, and mentally a good addition to our lives for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so the reason we got connected is because of the work that you're doing with cancer patients and cancer fighters and survivors. And I know that's a big passion of yours. And so tell me how that path got started 
Um, and then I would just love to hear what you're doing now with those individuals that are obviously in the fight of their lives. Yeah, uh, I was really lucky um, about it's been about 14 years ago now. Um, I had moved to Kansas City a few months prior and I kind of uh, I had a really great opportunity to work at a large health club. And so I've been all over the Midwest, but had never lived in Kansas City. So moving to a town of 2 million people, I guess a city, <laughs> uh, I didn't know anybody. And I was able to secure a full-time position as a personal trainer, which was kind of my dream um, when I was when I moved here. And so I've always wanted to be an exercise, but it never had been a career for me and never an opportunity. And a few months into working at this large health club, I, I got a new client. Um, her name is Kim and she was a cancer survivor. And I will never forget my first conversation with her on the phone. And she starts going um, through some of the side effects she's experiencing post-surgical uh, emotional. She has lymphedema, which I had no idea what that was, um, at the time. Uh, and she, she knew, knows she needs to work out. And so she wants to train with me. And I was like, great. And I joke, uh, I was either naive or really bold and believed in what the power of exercise I know is definitely there now. And she became a client that I worked with for a long time and exposed me to, what survivors really were facing. I mean, I'd, I'd kind of heard about cancer. I hadn't been as directly affected at that time. Um, but I, I realized how much it changed her. And for our survivors, I feel like cancer, um, they lose a little bit of faith in their physical well-being. You know, they go through life, they can do everything right. We've We've heard the story and they're diagnosed with this horrible cancer. And they physically go through treatments and surgeries and appointments and medications and whatever that specific plan looks like. And they have that will and that heart to fight, but their bodies are what's mostly affected, which affects then their their spirit and their energy to fight and sort of that confidence. And so for me, all those years ago, I didn't realize all of those connections, but the more I started down that path and the more I do it now, I realized that that tool of keeping their bodies strong or helping them recover just helps them in that fight. Because healthcare, unfortunately, you know, is medical care. They're really good at that piece, but they really lack and the other pieces of supportive therapy. It's more like, hey, chemo's gonna make you feel really sick. So sorry, here's a medication. Go rest up, you know, move a little, eat good, and we'll see you back in a few weeks. Yeah. And you know, it's not good enough. Um, I I feel like our patients deserve better. They want more. And um, I've just sort of held that course because I just believe in it. And when I talk to people, they get it. But then the question is now, what do I do? How do I do it? And so that's really my next mission is to develop more opportunities um, wherever I guess I can so that they that our patients can experience it. But our medical professionals and our community can also help support that because there's cancer survivors around the world who could benefit from some of the things we're doing in Kansas City. But Unfortunately, I don't get to travel around the world and, and deliver that. So um, it's for me, it's an opportunity to talk about it, and hopefully other people will share in what I do. Do you – I mean, obviously, with you're not yet able to travel around the world and talk about it. I mean, is it something that you want to develop, obviously, with something like Build, where you can develop a system 
that is scalable or at least, I mean, essentially like the, the CrossFit model where there's each one's got their own affiliates and they run it their own way. But this would be a, a little bit separate program where other gyms and medical centers and groups could partner up and run this in different cities so that you're able to impact people beyond where you personally can reach. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the big pie in the sky for me. I know it's going to take a lot more than me, you know, one person um, doing this. And so we've been really strategic with build. Um, I have a great partner um, in Matt, our owner of CrossFit Memorial Hill, and my husband's a great technical mind to help say, okay, Sammy, it's great what you can do on the front lines. And, you know, seeing what I do and gathering um, great feedback, but how do we do that in measurable outcomes? And so we've, we measure our athletes. Um, we're just wrapping up our eight week course tonight. And so we did some basic fitness testing in week one, which includes the CrossFit baseline. So our athletes do those same measurements just to see where they are and also to help us measure them and assess them against the broader community with the hopes that other CrossFit affiliates may be interested in a program like this or other gyms, or it doesn't have to necessarily be CrossFit, but my love of functional fitness and the ability to access our gym was just too perfect of an opportunity for us to do it anywhere else. Um, it made the most sense, but it doesn't have to be there. Um, I would love to see a program somewhere else and I have had people ask me from different states, hey, Simi, I'd love to have build. How do I do it? It's like, well, if you give us a few more months, I think we might be able to help you. Uh, it's what kind of what we're working on right now because it, it is a big vision of mine. Love to see that. Okay. So I'd love to dive down kind of deep within the current group that you're working with there in KC and, and how your experience with the normal CrossFit class, how does that differ with the group of cancer patients that are going through the program, you're obviously probably going to be modifying certain things based on where they are from a physical standpoint and, and just the exertion. But how has that community within a community brought more life to the overall gym and affiliate? Uh, and that's like my favorite part about it. You know, there's something about someone standing next to you that, was on a similar path in the door. And I've never had a cancer diagnosis myself. So I don't know what that feeling is like of being, you know, scared. Am I going to die? It, it, you know, is, is this going to take my life and, and what am I going to have to do to prevent that? So that camaraderie itself is so powerful. Um, right now we have a two-time pancreatic cancer survivor wow. who, uh, yeah, she probably shouldn't have made it the first time. Um, there's like a 2% chance and, and I might be a little bit that, that might be updated to like a three or 4% chance now, um, that she should still be here. And unfortunately her cancer came back mm -hmm. after about five years. And I happened to come in at the same time was starting build last fall and knew her from after her first experience with cancer. And she said, hey, my cancer just came back. I just found out. And I was like, well, perfect. So I have a program for you. And she, when she first started, um, she had her own workout. You know, I would, I would have the regular workout and then I would write her out a little modified version so she could say pace herself because she was on chemo. So she would walk in and she'd still have her chemo pump on her fanny pack, you know, tucked under her shirt. 
um, that's, that was what we did. And then I have a, um, a husband and wife in there now. Um, he went through head and neck cancer about five years ago and his wife's a breast cancer survivor. And it's really fun to watch them push each other and motivate each other and, uh, see how good it is for their relationship. And, you know, that community as, and those are just a couple of the examples, but they just have each other's back. They kind of get it, but they'll also push each other. And I don't think it's as easy for uh, someone that's never experienced that to say to a cancer survivor, you need to work harder. And I'm not afraid to say that. And we have a lot of conversations in our class about like, um, when you do a, say a push-up or a modified push-up of where I want their say nipple line to be. And we make a big joke about it, you know, where your nipples used to be, where your nipples have been tattooed on, where your nipples, you know, should be, should you get them? And, and, and to me, it's making it lighthearted, but also, you know, addressing the realities of, of their uncertainty, because again, they're just not very confident in their physical well-being. Uh, and that piece, uh, they, they help each other out where I can't. So I have a few ladies that have had a similar reconstruction surgery where they take muscle and tissue from the abdominal wall and create what's called breast mounds in the medical world. And it's a pretty big surgery that would affect your core. And so for them, they have a lot of difficulty with abdominal movements, but also things like squats to be able to keep their chest upright. And so one of the kind of questions that you asked, and I think is interesting about build is it's teaching my athletes how to squat correctly because although they do it every day, they don't do it correctly. So build is never going to be a clean and jerk, a snatch group. We don't ever really worry about a pull-up, um, but we do a lot of modifications that my athletes can all do, um, like a supine row, and to teach them the importance of that, which actually is a lot harder than for some people a kipping pull-up. And they work really hard to make sure that they're doing everything functionally well. And I think that makes a big difference in every aspect of their life. Um, but it's to them, me, it's the community. They're, they're the key piece without them. We would have nothing. It would just be me showing up, teaching a class. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fascinated by that because as, as someone who hasn't personally gone through that experience of dealing with cancer, just myself, I would be amazed as a member of the larger community knowing what they're doing while in the fight of their life. They're still taking care of their body. They're still coming in here and pushing their limits and things like that. And so those days that maybe I'm a little dragging or I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't like one. I think that's just a whole perspective shift for the coaches and the rest of the community within the box that could be a life-changing perspective shift of them to evaluate what they have to be thankful for and and the opportunities that they've been given that other individuals aren't. Right. Absolutely. It's really affected our community. Um, I think there's some people that are kind of, you know, a little nonchalant about it, but more and more times uh, other athletes in the gym. So I, I coach and then a lot of times I'll stick around and I'll go to the class right after I coach. So I go from one and I jump into the other and so often, um, the other of the peers of the gym will walk up to me, oh, how's Bill going? You know, your group just smiles the entire time and they stick around. 
and I may be in the next class, but they're still standing there talking to one another. And so other of our athletes recognize that, or they may come to a build event that we hold, which is our survivor Saturday. We do quarterly and they will make a comment to me after that survivor Saturday. Oh, you know, I didn't come to the workout yesterday cause my knees were kind of sore. And I realized that I can never say that again. And you know, it, it does change you. It's I think changed me subconsciously over the number of years that I've been doing it. I have no excuses, you know, and I kind of say, you know, I compete every day because I can, because I'm healthy and I have the ability to do it. So why wouldn't I, you know, why wouldn't I go in and do that every day? And for my athletes and build, you know, sometimes they have to make those hard choices, but they'll come in and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. They'll get in going for a little while and they just perk up. And so they experience that, um, and their community is one of the reasons that they show up because they know if they skip on Tuesday, that on Thursday, everybody's going to be like, where, are, where were you? What's going on? You know, and <laughs> they're, they're really a great support system for each other. Even as I've rotated different sessions and some people, you know, come and go, it's still a really, um, just a robust and supportive community that exists even through like our Facebook page, which has been really cool. That's awesome. And, and you do, for those that maybe can't come in or things like that, you also do some online coaching as well. Is that right? Yes. Uh, we, and I think that's really important. Um, so I've, I'm always open. I've had a few CrossFit coaches contact me over the last you know number of years looking for specifics or um, an athlete looking to get back into a CrossFit class or into the gym. And so we definitely have provided that option just because I feel that there's very few people that have the diverse experience that I've been fortunate to have working in the community and the healthcare setting. So it, it's a lot of times in those situations, it's helping them just understand maybe how to overcome some of the side effects they're experiencing um, or addressing, you know, a, a breast reconstruction issue or, uh, you know, pelvic radiation, just so they have some knowledge and confidence and talking points. And then for some people, it's just give me something I can do at home because I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a working mom and I just need to work out in my basement. And I think that's really cool. But ideally, as we've seen in the CrossFit community and in the fitness community, this is exactly true. Even in the research side of the cancer community, the support is what keeps our patients going. And so as I do that, I, I always try to say, hey, you know, really want to connect you in with somebody else so you have some accountability because it's easy for them to fall off. It's, it's easy for all of us to fall off. Um, so that, that for me is a really important part about what I want to do in the next year or so is to grow that. Awesome. And, and so how can, if people are listening and they're one, they may be impacted or someone they know is impacted by cancer. They're part of the CrossFit community. How can they find out more information about what you're doing? And then for the rest of us that just absolutely love this kind of work and what you're doing, how can we support you? Uh, you know, uh, first of all, to find out about everything that we're doing, um, my website is cancerwellnessforlife.com, and it's all spelled out. Um, we have... That's where we post um, information about Build and uh, the other programs that we offer. So that's really the, the main place that I know will be always consistent and updated. The program that I coach is at CrossFit Memorial Hill. And so 
I encourage people if they just want to stay in the loop with updates, um, our gym owner has a listserv that we send out a lot of things and we'll continue to grow that listserv and that's crossfitmemorialhill.com forward slash build. And there's also just a great video on there about build. Um, that's a little bit about me, but that's our, our builders sharing their story and it, it just, it makes people smile. Um, to, for me, the biggest thing that would be beneficial is, you know, having other people spread the word. I think cancer is scary and CrossFit is scary. And so when you put these pieces together, you kind of get a little, uh, raised eyebrows, which I commonly do working in a hospital and it's putting that confidence in and sharing those stories about, yeah, you know, we make CrossFit, but again, my team rarely, does, you know, anything that would be, you know, considered probably a normal CrossFit class. We do kettlebell swings. We've never gone above a Russian kettlebell swing. Why? Because we don't need to, you know, we just, we just need to learn to move that kettlebell. We need to learn to squat and move those muscles. And I think it takes people understanding, um, you know, the, the scariness needs to go away and it's more about what can we do with it? You know, to me is the great opportunity. Um, and then if there are other people that are interested in, in looking at a program like build, I would love to have that conversation and help more people wherever they may live in the world, um, yep. is with the services. Yeah. I'm excited about that. <laughs> no. And have y'all, have y'all had the discussions with something like build to where, it would be a full 501c3 so you could be funded through donations and supporters. This, That's kind of a long-term play right now. You're just focused on impacting those individuals that you're working with directly. Uh, so we've had the conversation. Um, we actually created a build shirt and we sell the shirt just through the gym and it raises money off um, those shirt sales towards a build scholarship fund. So we've done that. Uh, you know, our, Matt, our gym owner has talked about doing a 501c3. I think part of it for me is I'm not against doing it. It's where does it fall on the list of priorities and what, you know, what do we need from that? And I don't know if we know the answer to that yet. Um, versus starting a new one, I would dare to think it might be better to partner with different organizations and, and grow it a little bit strategically versus starting, um, something new. You know, I'm not a big believer in reinventing the wheel. <laughs> I, I, you know, <laughs> it seems like a lot of wasted effort. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I, I'm not opposed to anything. I think when, well, I know for a fact when I started build is I think people can relate to sometimes you start something or you do something because you just think it might work. Um, I don't know, maybe you feel like that when yeah. you started, you know, compete every day, right? I, it sounds great. And, and I, I really want it to work, but you don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, and then it grows bigger than what you envision. And then you have to figure out how to turn your ship. Um, so I don't know. Do you have any thoughts or advice on that piece? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it's something worth whiteboarding. Um, I think there's, there's definitely opportunities to partner with organizations and I don't think you have to reinvent the wheel um, essentially for it. But I also think on the flip side of that, because it's still pretty unique with what you're doing. Um, you know, there's other, there's been a lot of attention and awareness on other individuals that have had cancer and continue to do CrossFit. Um, Kate right. Foster, the, the teenage girl out of the Midwest, uh, 
who actually got to do the Chicago Bears draft pick the other night for the second round. Oh, um, I didn't she, know about that. Yeah, Very cool. so she got to do that. She lost her leg, um, I believe, mm-hmm. during her battle. And then uh, one of our ambassadors, Karen Pierce, um, had a form of cancer, um, I believe ovarian, um, but she had a form of cancer and continued to do CrossFit during that course to strengthen her body for obviously that journey ahead. But I haven't heard of a program specifically like that. And so even though you don't want to reinvent the wheel, you, you necessarily don't have to because the blueprints have been out there that other organizations have done. It's just taking it and applying it because there's if there's not anyone out there doing it or in a larger scale doing it, then it's almost worth doing and making right. making that jump. And so um, obviously, I think it's it's incredible. And, and the reason I wanted to get you on the show is to educate some people about what is going on in Kansas City and what you're working on and hopefully to spur some ideas in their head and some conversations that need to be happening so that they can start reaching out and touching base and, and saying, okay, how can we, how can we do this? How can we reach out to this group and connect and, and bring something like that to our community for somebody that they may have one or two people within their community. that are going through the same struggle that they're just kind of like grasping at straws, trying to figure out how to support them during this intense time period. Right. No, and I, I really absolutely agree. I think I know there's people that are all across our country and world right now that could benefit just from walking into that setting. And, you know, neither one really knows the right way to then meet in the middle. You know, how do you take somebody and how do you, as an example, my CrossFit coaches now have come back to me and and kind of made interesting comments about how hard I push my, my um, folks and build. And my comment is, you know, they've been through cancer, right? Like (laughs) how much, right. You know, like, duh, it doesn't make them weak. It makes them strong and it's flipping that perception. But when I started in this years ago, I didn't always have that, um, push for my, my athletes and my, my, um, clients at the time, you know, I was probably a little bit more nervous. Um, and so it's been a kind of interesting switch of, of building confidence, but like you said, we are surrounded by individuals that have gone through cancer um, and that still is going to keep happening. And interestingly, just in the last few months, a big research study came out about that exercise is better than any drug for cancer-related fatigue. And it was a huge study. And so I go back to my clinicians and show them this and they're like, okay, well, that's great. I, I, okay, I get that. But then what do I tell them? And the standard recommendations right now are 150 minutes of moderate activity per week. And I'm like, no, that's not you know, good enough. But how do we make that better? And so I think that's where I was so excited to come on your podcast and have an opportunity to talk about that and, and to open up that door of how do we make that better? Um, and how do we use these individuals that have gone through cancer treatment and our CrossFit athletes and what is their feedback and how do we make it better? So I think that's the huge opportunity. Um, but yeah, develop, figuring out the, what I'm going to do exactly with a nonprofit or a for-profit, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that's, but that's completely okay. You just, you kind of play with stuff and test and figure it out and the, the path begins to reveal itself as long as you continually keep moving. 
Um, and I think that's obviously yeah. what you've done by taking action to start this program and, and just investing in these individuals' lives to let them know there's others within that community that are going through the same thing, um, as well as we're going to strengthen you so that everything you go through, you're stronger and more ready and equipped for what's ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the power. That oh. is the missing piece right now in cancer is that piece for sure. Oh, I love so, it. Very cool. Uh, awesome, Sammy. <laughs> okay, so how can people connect with you on social media? How can they reach out, say hi to you if they want to get in touch with you directly beyond the website? Um, where are they going to go on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever? Um, so my Twitter is uh, Be Well With Sammy. Um, and then my Instagram is just Cancer Wellness for Life. And we have a special build Facebook page. It's, I keep it private, but I manage the invites and that's build uh, functional fitness for cancer survivors. If there's anybody out here that wants to be part of our community, either as a cancer survivor, you know, fitness professional, healthcare professional, uh, we're open um, to that. I just like to keep it um, somewhat private because there's a lot of private things that get shared. So those are the main things right now. Um, that we're really looking to do. Uh, I'm really inspired by podcasting and, and some of those components. Um, I listen to podcasts all the time. So it's really exciting for me to be on one. Uh, and then hopefully learn to, you know, how I can, you know, utilize what's out there with podcasting and, and those other opportunities um, as well. So, I mean, I'm hoping to grow those things, but the main place probably to find me right now is through those other social media outlets. For sure. Awesome. And I'm always open to questions. Um, and my email and contact phone number are on my website as well. And I encourage people to reach out directly. I'm always open to discussion. Always. Super. And we will absolutely be linking to that in the show notes. Sammy, thank you so much for being on today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, thank you for all the things that you do and all the inspiring things that you do. It's awesome. And we all need it every single day. So it's a great contribution to what to everything. So thank you for that and having me on. I appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure. That's it for another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. I, I appreciate you as a listener. I appreciate each member of the Compete community, and I'm glad that you tuned in this week, and hopefully you found some value in what we shared and who we brought on and just all the types of content we're out sharing. So if you got feedback, like I said, shoot us a note directly to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Connect with us on social media. Say hi. Tell us you found the podcast. We love connecting with new members of the community. We want to welcome you. Uh, we want to find ways to connect you and equip you with ways that you can be better than yesterday. Have a great week. Don't forget, you can always tune into the show at betterthanyesterdaypodcast.com or we drop new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in.